1: listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
0: Fantasy Sports Today. Welcome to Fantasy Sports Radio. We're here this morning it's game day edition Fantasy Sports Today. Thank you for joining us. It is week 9. Season just flying by. We don't have any crazy early London games, so happy that we get to ease into it a little bit this morning. Uh, In studio with me is Scott Engel. We'll be joined by Jim Day here in a moment as well. Uh, But we're happy to be here bringing you all the news from around the league. Obviously, a lot of injury updates, a lot of uh, buys and things like that to keep you apprised of uh, as we continue along throughout the day. So first of all, I'll welcome my compadre, Managing Director of RotoExperts.com will be using his rankings all morning in order to give us a better sense of what these players look like and what their matchups look like uh, in this week. So it is Scott Engel. You can find him on Twitter at Scott Scott, good to be here with you.
2: Always good to be here. Good to be back in Studio 34 in the flesh with you, my friend. Thanks, buddy. Mike. Mike it. You yeah. know, it's like, and I came prepared for it, you know, I... I, I dressed up a little more than like I that, usually like do. That little yeah, collared shirt. Tried, tried for a Scott. little dapper. I didn't. I didn't wear a sport jacket. You know, but uh, right. you know, right. I'm, I'm not, not quite required. up to your level. You know, when it comes to being it's not, GQ.
0: It's not required. There's no required no dress jacket
2: here. required. Wasn't yeah, that a Phil right. Collins album?
0: Uh, it may have yeah. been. So I see Scott always. Is Scott and Jim always good for a little musical knowledge. So uh, we'll get to your rankings here in a little bit, uh, and also. Uh none other than Taz. You can find Jim Day on Twitter at Fantasy Taz. Uh, and Jim. Thanks for being here this morning, bud. It's uh we had a little bit of a race to the start, but uh it's probably appropriate because it's marathon day here in New York City. I took the train in this morning with many people that were going to run the marathon. Our very own Chris Chrissy Bones Cannon the producer of the Carton and Friends show, will be running this morning in support of the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Uh, That is a foundation that I've supported for over 25 years, so I'm happy to see him. uh, or He's he's supporting the cause. It may be a different foundation, to be honest, but uh, they've raised well over $300,000 in support of that disease. But uh, that was my transition over to you, Jim. What do you got for us today? Any quick nuggets Uh, people expected to play, people not expected to play? You're already sending notes my way.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I've been up since five o'clock. Seeing as uh, the hour back uh, threw yeah. everybody off, I'm sure this morning. And you know, I had a rough commute this morning too. It, it was took me a really long time to get from <laughs> my bedroom to my to my living room to do this show. So, <laughs> uh, you know, tough tough commute this morning, but I made it. So Jim. we're here.
0: Uh, <laughs> what, <am> Mike? <laughs> no, no, no. Jim working remotely today, but yeah, there, there were there's a lot of. What is interesting this week? Well, first of all, let me store the buys at you, and then I'll, I'll give you a transition, Jim. Uh, Cardinals, Bengals, Colts, Jaguars, Giants, Eagles, all on buy. Very big buy week with the six teams out. But uh, listen to the DFS guys, the Daily Roto guys on the way in this morning, their Saturday update podcast. And there are a lot of big pieces of news that could shift the way DFS lineups are put together, guys that are, may or may not be out. So any of those that you feel like uh, you feel pretty good about announcing at this point? I know Stefan Diggs is a big one.
1: Well, yeah, there's definitely a few. Uh, right now, expect, expected to play today. Cooper Cup expected back this week. Uh, definitely a boost there. Uh, Melvin Gordon is expected to play today. Ty- Tyreek Hill is uh, suspect yeah, expected to play. Came off the injury list on Friday, so should be good to go. Uh, was definitely worried about that groin injury, but he seems okay. Dalvin Cook. Seems to be on a snap count again. They got a bye week next week. Doesn't make any sense. Let the guy rest yeah. till after the bye week. But here's Minnesota doing what Minnesota's doing all year you know, bringing this kid out for 10 snaps, hurting him some more, and, you know, making this thing just linger on for the rest of the season. Um, Likely inactive today. Stephon Diggs doesn't look good. Uh, The team brought up practice squad wide receiver Chad Beebe this week at the end of the week. Uh, Not looking good for Diggs to play. Uh, Kenny Stills you know still not a great chance but we haven't really heard a full update yet uh so he could still play and he impacts of course Devonte parker uh jakeem grant is a guy that i know daily roto was very high on uh if stills doesn't play if he does play then you know jakeem grant is probably going to take a major hit um no news again on gronkowski or sony michelle uh both tough you know decisions look this is New England, you never know uh, about New England's injury reports until it actually gets on the field and the inactives come out. Unfortunately, that's a Sunday night game. If you're planning to play these guys, you have to make sure you have somebody else to go either Sunday night or Monday night to cover you. Um, And try and put those players in the flex you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna run Sony Michelle, try and put him in the flex. If you're gonna run Gronk, maybe put him in the flex. But just gives you more options if either one of those guys doesn't play. Yeah, I'm in a conundrum um, with Gronk.
0: I'm in a conundrum with Gronk because Cameron Braid is our backup tight end, and our flexes are way better options than doing something like playing Braid and coming in with Gronk in the flex. So, like we, Latavius Murray is in the flex. I can't make any more changes because uh, we're locked out on Sunday mornings. but uh, So I'll have to potentially take a zero with Gronk. So uh, so there you go. That's it uh, for those. Well, no, there's big...
1: there one more.
0: Yeah, What's that? There
1: is one big one. Uh, Chris Carson for S- Seattle is yeah, yeah. going to be a true game time decision. So, again, uh, another one you're not going to know about until about 2.30 this afternoon. Make sure you have other options. If you have Mike Davis, if Carson is out, Mike Davis becomes a nice play.
2: Yeah, if, you, if you're waking up early and some of your league mates are not, Mike Davis is available in a lot of leagues. And this is why you have to pay attention to what's going on late Saturday night. This broke overnight, basically, uh, for me in Rappaport. And I picked up Mike Davis in about six leagues uh, last night. And even if what they're going to do is they're going to see if Carson can make it through warm-ups with the hip. That's a problem with Chris Carson. talent talented as he is, uh, I think he's one of the top backs in the league in yards before contact. And then he continues to break tackles and, you know, move the pile. But he gets hurt a lot. And last time he was out, Mike Davis started and played really well. This team is fifth in the league in rushing. They're going to impose their will regardless. So Mike Davis might be a good play, even if Carson is active, especially if you need uh, a bye week fill-in.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting game. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But that's an interesting game to me uh, where the Chargers go into Seattle. Today, Philip Rivers uh, looking at his 200th consecutive start. So he would join a very short list of guys that have accomplished that. Eli and Favre and and Peyton Manning. And uh, there's one other one that I'm missing. But a very short list of guys that have done that. So Jim with some pretty major injury updates there. Another name that you didn't mention that I think has already been declared out, but they're, they might give him a shot, is Kiki Kuti, which... Brings into question: What does the Houston wide receiver looking core look like with Demarius Thomas being brand new to the team? Does he bring on a larger? Does he contribute in a larger way that might be expected in his first week in Houston, playing his former team in the Denver Broncos today? So. Uh-oh. Uh, a lot. And he of,
1: is actually out. So there you go. He is actually out. I
0: know they were trying. As is
1: Geronimo Allison. I,
0: exactly. I saw the Allison news late last night. So a lot. So I. I think the theme of the show today. We very often talk about injuries throughout it, but the theme of the show today is there is a lot of a really it really is going to impact you with the number of bye weeks and the number of players like this that are in lineups and out of lineups, it's going to impact things like what Scott was saying, maybe going out and grabbing Mike Davis, maybe making sure that some of these secondary and tertiary wide receivers are owned on your teams if you really need help there. So yeah,
2: and Daily Roto's talking about it this morning too. Uh you know, actually yesterday with their Saturday update, you know, you gain an advantage. Some of these guys, uh, with injury situations might be lower owned as you know, some of the industry may be slower to react to these kind of things.
0: Absolutely. You know, the, I was listening to that Saturday update, and they were really spending a lot of time trying to figure out like the Carolina wide receivers are maybe may become a bigger play in DFS this week than you otherwise would expect because they obviously have a good matchup against Tampa. DJ Moore doesn't necessarily excite you as a rookie wide receiver on the week in week out basis, but he might be lower owned than Greg Olson is because Greg Olson has such a big matchup. So when we're talking about these larger tournaments where you're trying to gain a fraction of a point uh, in advantage or leverage, those types of things come up. So yeah, because
2: everybody has you know that is going to have such high exposure to say you know the the Rams and the Saints. You know, if you want to pivot off of that game, you, and, you know, especially if you're doing multiple lineups and using the Daily Roto Optimizer, you know, you want to get some exposure to Carolina maybe with, uh, you know, as Drew Dinkmeyer talks about this morning on DailyRoto.com with uh, maybe a receiver coming back the other way for Tampa Bay mm-hmm. because of the, the spread. There are three receivers that are relevant, so it gets spread out, and there's going to be lower ownership there.
0: Yeah, it's I found in building trying to build cash lineups, Last night, this morning, I actually found it to be pretty difficult because some of the chalk, gym in DFS is very expensive. Todd Gurley's over $11,000 on FanDuel. Cam Newton, which has a Carolina with a high implied total of over 30, that was, uh, he's over, he's $8,600 on FanDuel. And then you have Kareem Hunt, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Adam Thielen, Travis Kelsey. Those are all the chalk plays that I just listed off but they're all very expensive. You can't fit them all in one lineup.
1: No, absolutely not. And that's, uh, you know, that's how it's supposed to be set up. You shouldn't be able to fit an entire, you know, team of chalk. And, you know, it. it at this point, especially with six teams on by, the guys that, that pick those lower-owned players uh, that come out of nowhere and put up big games, those are guys that are going to win the big tournaments today.
0: Yeah, so uh, real quick note, on Thursday night, Raiders are the worst team in football. <laughs> they cut Bruce Irvin, who only played nine plays the other night. And so that's another transaction that they made. He should be a free agent as of tomorrow, along with Sam Bradford, who was cut by the Cardinals. So there's a few guys that could be out there on waiver wires, veterans that may not be fantasy relevant, but maybe added to a team somewhere along the way. Uh, but how about Nick Mullins? <laughs> Got to give that guy a lot of credit. He played really well. He didn't have to throw the ball all over the yard. He was efficient. I... I haven't seen a team. I haven't seen a team put a stamp on a game like that in a, in a while, Jim. The Raiders mailed it in on the Raheem Mostert touchdown run. Nobody tried to tackle him. It was really shocking. To oh, everything see. good. Yeah,
1: yeah. Garcon was wide open. Yep. I mean, uh, that that. Miami was just—I uh, mean, Oakland was just shut down. They, they like you said, they—they they mailed it in. They weren't there at all. They made this kid look like a, a superstar in his first start. Had the best ever uh, start. Uh, for a rookie, well, not a rookie, but a first start for an NFL quarterback since 1970. Uh, he had three touchdowns in the first half. Garoppolo, since he's joined San Francisco, hasn't thrown three touchdowns in a single game. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it just all came together at the right time for Mullins. He, he has another kick matchup this week when he goes up against the Giants. Uh, it, Man, it... it what we could be seeing is Garoppolo getting Wally pipped uh, by Nick Mullins. If you think, if you, <laughs> if Bedford is
0: healthy, Scott, would you still start Nick Mullins if you're Kyle Shanahan?
2: I think you have to give it another chance. Garoppolo's not going to get Wally pipped from obviously he's joking. What Mullins what <laughs> Mullins did was he did, he, he uh, took advantage of what the defense gave. We took what the defense gave him. He didn't try to force things. And he did a nice job of that. Secondly, though, there's no film on that guy at all, you know, coming into that right. game. Yeah, so, nothing. you know, how much could you really scout something like that? Well, and third, thirdly, them. though, thirdly, oh, here's something dangerous, yeah, too, though, that to fantasy tackle. players get into. People automatically wanted to sit Kittle, et cetera. Can't always assume that the backup quarterback is going to be complete and total garbage.
0: And I, I actually thought Kittle was the play the other night. I thought it was going to hurt Goodwin badly, but I'm always up for a tight end in a with a new quarterback scenario. Can use him as a safety valve. It a primary now. amount of the value was that seventy yard catch and run. I get it, but uh, he ended up cashing in big, over hundred yards and a touchdown for Kittle. We'll be right back on FST Game Day Edition. 6879. The Fancy Sports Radio Network. Your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Back on FST, Game Day Edition. We're going to go over the Roto Experts Premium Exclusive Edge Package: The rankings, where you can find Scott's rankings each and every week. He updates them all throughout, pushes them out Sunday morning. It's an up to the minute ranking, and I think this morning it'll probably be right up to one o'clock, changing some of these rankings because of these game time decisions, these injury announcements. You know, we didn't, we couldn't get to everything. We'll try to get to it when we can. But the Dalvin Cook thing is maddening to me. I have a Dalvin, Cook, I have one share of Dalvin Cook this year. He's been on the bench basically the whole year, Jim. I I know you said it is ridiculous. I, I just don't understand it. You are staring down the bye. Why is he practicing? Why are you having him out there on a pitch count? All the games are important. I get it. But isn't it more important to have this guy healthy in a few weeks?
1: Okay, I wasn't sure if you were done yeah, yet. Yeah, it's you, Sorry. <laughs> you, kept, you kept giving me those little pauses. I kept wanting to jump in, but not on top of you. Sorry, Sorry about that. Um, yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like you said, uh, you know, supposedly the rumors, I've, I've been tracking down some of the Minnesota uh, beat writers, and, you know, supposedly it sounds like he thinks he's feeling better now than he has in any of the other weeks. So, you know, if he really is that far along then you know maybe we see something out of him today gives us a little hope for after the bye but you're right in this game with Latavius Murray running so well and doing such a good job give him one more freaking week off don't practice him on damn Wednesday and then limit him on Thursday and Friday and expect him to play 10 to 12 plays you know it's just stupid from a coaching standpoint and just not something you know I would expect from an NFL coach. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever it just, to crowd him out there for 12 plays.
0: It just reeks of desperation, and it's week nine. I get that you don't want this division to get away from you, but it's not away from you right now. Hypothetical, you lose today to the Lions. The Bears take care of business against the Bills. By the way, spoiler alert that's my survivor pick today. It's the Bears.
2: So, um well, you know, the news that we've been hearing, though, that he's probably going to be a pitch count if he plays at all. We've heard that before about that? Dalvin Cook, though. What is the point of that? It's, and it it's, worked. We, we,
1: they did exactly. Yeah, what here's they the said thing: we're sitting here
2: and saying, "What's the point of that?" But we're viewing this from the outside and looking at a report on the internet. They may, be, you know, they may be playing coy about this and just letting him go out there and practice with no real intent of letting him play in the game and kind of keeping that behind closed doors and then putting the reports out there, oh, maybe he'll play on a pitch count, when
0: all along they don't intend to play him at all. Okay, it's a it's a fair point what you said about them being coy re- regarding game action, but he is practicing. And he does have a not 100% hamstring. So that is why... Forget what happens during the game if they end up not playing him. You know, I'll understand it. But they are practicing him when he doesn't appear to be 100% healthy. Or are you saying this is all a master plan of like, you know, let's uh, have him take some reps. He's probably close to 100%, but we're not going to put him out there until he is 100%. I just don't understand why you would practice if he's not 100%.
2: Because you're going out there and practice, you know, like we like said, it's practice, you know. Maybe he's not getting hit, et cetera. You know, how is he practicing? Is he just going out there, you know, and taking handoffs without getting hit? Does he have a non-contact jersey on? You know, we haven't heard anything of this. There's nothing really wrong with him practicing and
0: kind of ramping it up in terms of getting ready. Okay, well, I'm getting emotional, Jim. So we're going to move well, on to the Well, they did say, say. Well, they
1: did say that. He, he did say that uh, – they did say that he wasn't in a non-contact jersey. He was still dressed like the rest of the team and practicing. Um, but, you know, one of the good points that was brought up to me this week is, you know, I think what they're trying to do – is maybe have Detroit's defense have to account for Cook in their practice sessions and maybe take a little bit away from their time preparing from Murray. But, I I mean, are they that different that it really takes that much time to switch from one to the other? I don't think so. So if that's their thinking, I I think it's foolish.
0: All right, well, let's get to the business at hand. We're going to do quarterbacks right now uh, because that is – what we need to do so uh let's get to it so uh we start uh at rotoexperts.com it's the exclusive edge package scott Engels' week nine rankings do this every week so we're going to start it off no surprise pat mahomes going up against the cleveland browns right now the total that game is 52 and the chiefs are an eight point favorites according to westgate so You know, heavily favored, and they're on the road. So clearly, Pat Mahomes comes out with the top projection, the highest scoring team in the league. Aaron Rodgers at number two, Cam Newton at number three. Sweet matchup there for Cam. He's going to be the chalkiest play on the main slate uh, for DFS because Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are tonight. But uh, and he's a little less expensive than Pat Mahomes. So Aaron Rodgers two, Cam Newton three, Drew Brees at number four, going up against the Rams. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers had some success last week against the Rams. God thinks Drew Brees can duplicate that. Tom Brady at number five. Jared Goff at number six. I saw an interesting note last night on Tom Brady's. He's got like five incentives that are worth a million dollars each. It's like top five completion percentage, top five touchdown passes, and on and on, and top five uh, quarterback rating, whatever it is. There's like five stats out there. Uh, But he's well off the pace now. He's off the pace now. But he was well off the pace at the beginning of the year, and it just had me thinking like, I know Brady doesn't need an extra million dollars, but he doesn't not want it, Jim. So he could tear up the league here in these last two months and get close to earning some of these uh, million dollar bonuses. It seems unlikely that he would get all five, but he could pick off two or three if he plays better these next couple of months.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And we've seen him playing better. He's like you said, he got off to a rough start, wasn't doing what they expected. His numbers were terrible through the first four weeks. And now we've seen him start to rebound and heck, this is Tom Brady. Uh, You know, he's got Gordon in the mix now, Uh, you know, Hogan is doing more than I thought he would. Uh, you know, of course, Edelman is, is huge there. The only thing that we're not still not seeing is Gronk yeah. being a big part of this offense. He just doesn't look the same. He definitely looks like he's a little beat up. Uh, he, he just looks like he's not running with any kind of power or speed, and that really takes a, a top off of what he can do for you.
0: And he is staying in to block a lot more, too, Scott. He's not running. In yeah. my estimation when I'm watching the games, he's not running as many routes as he does historically so whether they're saving him for the long term or this is the end of the road I'm starting to get the sense that all of that what some people might call bluster for Gronkowski in the off season, is real like this might be the end of the road for him he's going to try and play it out this year win another ring and then call quits
2: yeah but as soon as we say something like that he's going to go out and have a huge game you know that's of course. You know, we've seen that with Brady before what was it two year, two three years ago he had a a, a bad game on Monday night against the Chiefs. And everybody like, oh, yeah, that's the end of the road for Brady, et cetera. <laughs> I, I think he's just playing hurt. And this is a guy that, you know, has gotten hurt a lot throughout his career. Injuries could be catching up on him. But you could never speculate anything with the Patriots because they start slow, pick up steam midseason. season you Now, this is a team built for the long schedule haul. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if anything, you know, maybe, you know, we we're seeing it down the stretch and in the playoffs. But when I do my lineup rankings, there's still no way I can rank them below third.
0: I'm with you, yeah, I, and, and Brady in the top five. Here's what I think about the Patriots right now. You hear this a lot. It's almost rote that people like me say it, but they use September as a little bit of a preseason still. They work out some kinks, see what they like, and obviously they had no Edelman this year uh, to work through some of those kinks. But especially defensively, they're still trying to figure things out. They don't even technically have a defensive coordinator, uh, by name at least, But here's what I think. I think they're playing much better. And I think from a gambling standpoint, you should take advantage of the spreads while they're lower. I do concede that there was a 14-point spread against the Bills just recently. But it's the Bills, and that was a very unique scenario where they're starting a guy who wants to be a golfer at quarterback. Uh, But here, I think there's a little bit of an Aaron Rodgers bump here uh, for the spread. Uh, It's currently sitting at, let me see where it is. The latest is six. So It's actually gone up, but it was five and a half, and I was looking at it uh, just yesterday, so it's gone up a little bit. But my point to both of you is that I think you should try and take advantage of some of the quote-unquote lower spreads with the Patriots before we start to get to double digits because I think they can blow the roof off of some of these defenses, especially Green Bay, which I'm still not impressed with. They can't really cover anybody, Jim.
1: Well, actually, they, they've been doing a better job of late. You know, over the season, Green Bay's passing defense, they're 13th against opposing quarterbacks. But over the last five weeks, they've actually been number four. Pretty good. Um, you know, and same thing. Yeah, same thing with their wide receiving defense. They were 17 on the year, but over the last five weeks, they're number nine. So they've been playing a little better. Uh, of course, that, you know, San Francisco was in that mix. Not too great. Uh, Buffalo was in that mix. But you still had Detroit. You had uh, the Rams in there so they've been playing a little better but I, I agree I don't expect a, them to stop Tom Brady in any way shape or form especially in New England
0: so Scott I'll kick it over to you when we keep going through your ranks you have Jared Goff at number 6 Kirk Cousins at 7 Mitch Trubisky at number 8 what's up Mitch Phil Rivers at 9 Russell Wilson at 10 you have those guys playing against each other back to back that game, that
2: game's going to hit the over I think it's going to be higher scoring than Chargers Hawks yeah
0: I I think that's a really interesting game. I think uh, Corey Parson has it as his spotlight game for Lineup Block Live, so we'll we'll hit that one right off the top there. But I do find that to be an interesting game. uh, Ben Roethlisberger at 11. Matt Ryan on the road in Washington at number 12. Jim, I'll pause there. Atlanta's schedule is a little softer here in these last few weeks, but this isn't an easy game to go on the road to play. Uh I just have a call it a gut feeling that the Falcons could play well here in Washington. I, I think Washington is probably the team in the NFL maybe that's most under the radar at five and two. It's one of these five and two teams that people are like, Yeah, they're not really that great. I'm like, all right, they're five and two at some point. We just have to talk about them being a decent team. Um I, 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 I hate st-
2: I hate when people do that and say, y'all... You know, look at who they played. They start breaking down the schedule. Now, this yeah. is this is not college football, okay? Yeah. If you want to be, if a team wants to be a good team, they beat who they're supposed to beat. It's like Parcells' record says. Like Parcells says, you, your record is what it says you are. If you've won five games, you've at least made yourself a good team. Nobody's pretending that Washington is elite right here. But... You know, you have to give them credit for the five wins. Yeah. You know, people often say that. The average fan will often say, who did they beat? Or they only won by this much. You know, it doesn't matter how much you win by. And the opposition is you you play who's playing in front of you. And if you're a good team, you beat who you're supposed to beat.
0: I mean, they had that bad game against the Colts in week two. They got blown out by the Saints in week five, right after their bye week. But that was in New Orleans. But three game win streak here, Jim. Carolina, they beat Carolina, they beat Dallas, and they beat New York right in a row. And one of those was a road game. So I guess I'll ask that Uh, where both of these guys are ranked. Scott has Matt Ryan at 12, Alex Smith at 19. Give me a sense of this game and how you like both of the quarterbacks within it.
1: Well, you know, Washington's defense early in the season was playing really well. Uh, Over the season, they're 15th against opposing quarterbacks. But again, over the last five weeks, we've seen a shift. Over the last five weeks, they're actually 29th against opposing quarterbacks. So they've been definitely getting thrown on i mean dallas giants carolina new orleans all did a pretty decent job against this washington defense same thing with the, against wide receivers They're 20th on the season but over the last five weeks they're 28th so they've definitely been getting put on a little bit i think atlanta's passing game should have a good game here i'm not really expecting uh, much out of their running game because washington's rush defense is number two over the last five weeks uh, because they've been thrown on so much. And I expect that trend to continue besides Atlanta doesn't really have a, a great running game at the moment anyway. So I don't expect much there. I expect this to be a game. They put up points, the 47 and a half points that I have uh, from the, the site that we use is, you know, to me a little low. I expect this to go over because I I expect both of these teams to be able to throw. Yeah, I expect both of these teams to be able to throw. Alex Smith man, it's hard to put him up more than 19, even with this great matchup, just because he hasn't done enough. He doesn't have Chris Thompson. He doesn't have Jamison Crowder. There's a very good chance that Washington tries to use a lot of Adrian Peterson to keep Atlanta's offense off the field and Atlanta's defense has been terrible stopping running backs. Peterson's on a, a high right now running well so i expect that to come together but you know the passing game should definitely be impacted here there is one player here that i I would like to talk about and that's mitch trubisky at number eight now trubisky has been playing lights out no doubt about it this offense is doing what they want to do even with that bad win last week he ends up uh putting up some solid fantasy numbers for you but i think this is the week where he comes down a lot buffalo over the last five weeks, is number one against opposing quarterbacks. Played well and against that's how they face New England. Yeah, New England, that's that. four of those teams. Green Bay, Houston, Indianapolis, and New England were in those five weeks. The other was Tennessee. I'm not going to count them. But four good offenses, and they're still number one in the league. So uh, at home, I think Trubisky is going to have a terrible time today.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I, I can see where Jim's coming from. But, you know, Trubisky's playing at home. Uh, you know I I, I know you talking about rogers Et cetera but you know I'm not surprised in the divisional game like they did with Tom Brady I'm just going contrarian here it's uh I think I think Buffalo you know going on the road with a bad quarterbacking situation the defense is going to be spending way too much time on the field uh here and you know Chicago at home as well I think they're just going to impose their will uh after you, you off- at Buffalo. what's that Scott, they're at,
1: they're at Buffalo.
2: Yeah, what I meant was I said it doesn't matter whether it's home or on the road, et, et, et cetera. <laughs> you know, I just think Chicago's too good of a team here. And I'm going contrary with Risky here.
0: Uh, I'd, I'd even consider him a daily play. So, uh, all right, so let me just rattle off some other guys that he has here in the mid-tier. Deshaun Watson at 13, playing a tougher Denver defense. Uh, they're they're going to pin their ears back. I actually think it could mean big numbers for Watson when – I, I can see that the Texans' offensive line hasn't been that good. I understand they've won five, but they've also won five games in a row, and Watson's played much better, much efficiently, much more efficiently. He loses Will Fuller. He gains to Marius Thomas. I just think, wow, if he's able to survive, I think he could put up big numbers because Denver's got a lot of people hurt in the secondary, and I think he's going to pick on them all day. Fitzpatrick at 14, Baker at 15. Baker going up against Pat Mahomes, pretty cool matchup there. Uh, I'll, I'll get you the stat uh, on the commercial, What the stats that they had the last time they played. You should see how many times Pat Mahomes threw the ball. It's really interesting to look at. Uh, Dak Prescott at 16, Matt Stafford at 17, Carr at 18, Smith at 19, Keenum at 20, and Flacco and Osweiler, Darnold, uh, Mariota. Mariota all the way down there is sort of depressing as somebody that has the Titans over. To go back to the Atlanta-Washington thing real quick, I think... To Jim, it sort of dovetails on your point. I I personally think that for a team for teams that can score at will can take advantage of Atlanta and their defensive inter- injuries, which are massive. However, with the amount of injuries that Washington has, and you listed a whole bunch of them, I don't know that Alex Smith can keep up with Matt Ryan today. I do expect it, it's points. It's not but just I think Atlanta about the matchup.
2: I'm seeing a lot of Alex Smith talk, and you know that's can't just look at the matchup he's not capable right. with exactly. who he has of exploiting the match
0: exactly right yeah. exactly right all those injuries i think it's just too much for him jordan reed's a good guy to own today but everybody else is kind of tough outside of peterson we'll be right back to talk running backs Back out FST, game day. If you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with pros using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the props build tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups and ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. There's no more dealing with late lineup scratches and no experts to compete against, just you and the prop that you choose, Jim Day. Go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign up. Choose your matchups using the props builder tool. It's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. So, uh, let's see. <laughs> That's Jim Day doing the Taz move. Uh, you're getting better at it I have to say uh you, your practice is paying off so uh, he was called the Taz before this so I think you know you should have a lot of
2: practice you know to the point where he's not getting better you know
0: what I'm saying True yeah he's just uh he's just living up to, ex- to the very high expectations that have been set so as far as weather is concerned I know we like to update people on some of the weather for the week but i honestly i don't think there's anything this week that should scare anybody away from any kinds of conditions some
2: talk about the field conditions with the oh miami that's right Cats
0: game that's right i just saw that there is a crazy story about that where there's major field condition issues in uh in miami for that game now it's not It's not because of the weather. I don't think it's because of the weather at the moment, but maybe previously, and there may have been additional games played on that field. I'll try to get, we'll try to get that during the next segment or so, set it up for the top of the hour, but there are significant field condition issues potentially in the Miami game for my, I think maybe
2: we can take that though, as we look more into it, though, we talk about guys playing in the snow, et cetera. And usually that's advantage to the offense because the defense we will have to react.
0: Uh, True. And and when, uh, in fact, in the the next hour, in the next hour, we're obviously hanging out, keep doing this, and then Sam Garns is going to join myself and Scott as well as Corey Parson for Lineup Lock Live. And Sam uh, had a long career in the NFL as defensive back, so he could probably speak to that. He played for the Jets and he played in Miami, so he may have some insight as to what that will look like um, as we get a little bit closer to it. Uh, I know we've had some... Field condition issues in the past in Miami. Pittsburgh has always had major yeah, field yeah, condition yeah. issues.
2: And that, that's why we got, have guys like Sam on the show, because, you know, we've never actually played the game, and you can actually learn something from those former players. I mean, you know, sometimes when I play on Madden, you know, the, if it's it's snowy or rainy, you know, it, that, <laughs> that affects, you know, basically my, my virtual footing, but, you know, I've, so, I've at, never actually played the game. So
0: after the game last week, Sam and I were <laughs> hanging out watching the game. It's just, it's just a perfect segue into what you were talking about Scott sitting there watching the game with Mike Cardano it's myself and Sam and the Steelers just had that safety on the Bengals and the free kick goes and the Steelers just let it go it's really a stupid just a stupid play you know it's all the way around and I mean it's like that's a coaching problem yes the players are supposed to know but it is always incumbent upon the coaches to just make sure Everybody knows what's going on. And Cardano is sitting there saying, what are you talking about? The player has to know. I'm like, I get it. He has to know. And then I turn to Sam and Sam goes, it's a coaching problem. <laughs> he just settled it right there. He's like, that's a coaching issue. Everybody needs to be told, reminded of what goes on. No different than what happened with Ty Montgomery. No different than what happened with the Steelers free kick. It was just a very good piece of insight, despite the fact that it was off air. It was a good piece of insight. Yeah, and like,
2: look, we've been trained to do this for a long time. And, you know, we have certain things that we see. We bring the fantasy angle. But, you know, having been at the, you know this this company like 11 years now, you know, and having worked with like Tiki Barber and Chris Dolman, you know, they can give unique insights. It's like, here's an example. Like when, when, we, when Tiki Barber was with Roto Experts, there was a running back who had a groin injury. And I said, what do you think about that? And he says, look, it's all about what happens in the warmups. If he can make it through the warmups with a groin injury, he, he'll be fine. You know, it's not not like a hamstring injury or anything like that. So over time, you know, with experience, you know, that, that's the thing about this this business. You, you never ever stop learning it and imparting it to our to our followers, our listeners, etc.
0: Yeah. So uh, so good stuff, and we'll have Sam here at 11 a, 10 a.m. Sorry, the clocks are not set properly, so I'm going to keep throwing the. Time off. It is currently 8.47, not 9.47, like our studio clock says. So, uh, running backs, let's start it from the top. These are the PPR rankings. Again, you find them in... Uh, Roto experts exclusive edge in season package and started off with Todd Gurley. No surprise there. He's the chalk each and every week. He's at New Orleans and uh, implied his projection isn't quite as high as it was last week, but it is still the highest and the running backs. Daily
2: Roto is projecting him for 40% ownership.
0: Yes. Today. Yeah. Which is really curious because when I was building lineups on FanDuel at $11,200. I know you want him in there, but there's... What's the risk you take? And here's the question you run into daily. Okay, you
2: want to have Gurley because you want to be on the same level as everybody else, but to really win the big money, you, you have to separate yourself from the pack somehow.
0: Yeah, but here, here's what Daily Rodo would say, though, and we're going to have Ricky Sanders on at 10.15, so about 90 minutes. You are at an advantage if you play him and he's 40% owned because 60% of the field doesn't have him. That's what Ricky would right. say. So you have to, if we have such a strong projection for Gurley, put him in there and just know that you're going to have to get an edge somewhere else. Don't try to be too cute and look for diamonds in the rough all across the slate. This is, this is why you
2: roll out multiple lineups. Absolutely. You know, it's like I make sure I roll out at least at least three every week, you know, two two running through the optimizable combination of my own knowledge in scouting and then something that's purely my own.
0: Yeah. But it really is it really is difficult with him being at eleven thousand two hundred on FanDuel to to build lineups around him. But that being said, the other guys right behind him uh, in Scott's rankings are also thought well of uh, in DFS and obviously your annual leagues or your seasonal leagues. Uh, Jim Kareem Hunt at number two, Melvin Gordon at number three. There was some thought that Gordon would be a little banged up. Uh, We were looking at conceivable game time decision, but it seems to improved here over the last forty hours. He's going to play, but maybe just keep an eye on it in case Austin Eckler has to come in there for a, a higher share of carries.
1: You might see a little bit more Eckler, but you know, if Gordon is going to be on the field, you got to play him, of course. And, you know, I. From what they're saying now, it doesn't look like he's going to be on any kind of a snap count or you know anything like that. They're expecting a full go out of Gordon, so I wouldn't play Eckler thinking that Gordon doesn't go the whole game. But if you have to play Eckler, he should have you know enough chances to be viable.
0: Uh, Eckler, uh, C. Kelly at number Echola. four, My little Eckler. Uh, Every
1: time I say the name, that's what I hear in the back of my damn head. Same That's, Scott. that's what I'm trying to move past it. Alvin Kamara at number five,
0: James Connor at six. Connor in a tougher matchup, but obviously he receives the requisite amount of touches each and every week. Chris McCaffrey at seven. I could see him finishing higher than that.
2: One thing about Connor, sorry to interrupt you. Everybody's looking at the matchup, but James Connor right now, to me, is matchup proof from a fantasy perspective. He actually leads the league in broken tackles right now. I don't care who James Connor plays against. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but the last time he played against them, they shut him down completely. Yeah. So that's all I'm saying. I, I'm not. That, I'm that's not fair. Totally disagreeing that, with that's you. That's fair. That, yeah. I'm not that, totally that disagreeing was, with
2: you. That was last time I know. And you know, probably the, you know, the Pittsburgh coaching staff is going to go back and watch the film. Well, it, you know, because you watch the NFL, when something happens the last time, it doesn't always happen the next time because. You know, no, the, and that, they, that's why I'm saying I'm not
0: gonna totally adjust. disagreeing. Yeah. I, so he, I'm just pointing it out. He had 12 yeah. touches last time out for a grand total of 44 yards, no scores uh, against the Ravens. I do think that the Steelers are playing much better, and the Ravens are playing worse. Um, this is always a throw out the records kind of matchup when the Steelers play the Ravens, but uh, I you can see the Steelers' offense playing better, much more efficiently. Brown is yeah. in the mix more often. Connor is seeing touches on both sides of the running back position, catching and and running the ball, obviously. Um, while I do trust that the Ravens will be all right, this is a funky game today for the Ravens. They're missing both offensive tackles. I think Flacco could be under heat a lot, and the Steelers yeah. might have an opportunity oh, yeah. to control the ball here. That, that
2: makes them a good defensive play. And the other interesting thing about Roethlisberger, we always talk about the home road splits and – you know, Ben says it doesn't matter, you know, as long as the field is on earth, you know, it doesn't matter to me, but he's got, he's got a 70.9 QB rating at Baltimore on the road throughout his career. So, you know, this might be a game
0: where you're taking Yeah,
1: the it matters. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it matters.
0: <laughs> uh, so we'll keep James White uh, comes in at number eight on Scott's rankings against Green Bay. Nick Chubb a pretty popular DFS play today because he's far too cheap on DraftKings in particular only 4700 where he's 6600 on FanDuel it's a pretty large spread but he's certainly not priced accordingly Adrian Peterson comes in at number 10 um he, we had Marshall Falk here last week and he was just <laughs> he just got to talking about Adrian Peterson he was just shaking his head because there isn't really an explanation for it the At explanation is be like this.
2: every time you say that Adrian Peterson can't do this, you know he puts yeah, that exactly. in his mental locker, and we remember remember when he said, "Oh, nobody can come back from a knee injury like that." He rushed for two thousand yards. You know, it used to annoy me this this old axiom that we had in fantasy football. Oh, when a running back hits age thirty, he's going to decline. You know, and it, it, look, he this guy uh, when he when he had four out of five. The first six 95-yard games became just the third running back in NFL history to do that over age 33. Look, he doesn't run with the same authority and power that he used to, but that's 75% of Adrian Peterson, which is still better than a lot of other running backs. He, He defies expectations. You can't look at running backs at their age necessarily. You know, a lot of times it's workload. It's amazing that he still wants to do it. It's amazing that he still wants to do it. Chris Dolman told me a few years ago, Like about when he went to New Orleans, uh, just before he went to New Orleans, he said, "He said Adrian's not finished because he wants to add something to his legacy, add something to his resume because he wants to make sure that he fully punches his ticket to the Hall of Fame." It's done. It's already done. Yeah, yeah, really. He may not win a Super Bowl, but you know he he wants to add more to his resume. He he wants a football life to be two hours, not one.
0: Look, I mean, there are a rare breed of guys that like don't (laughs) want to that that want to keep going. You could say, "What is Tom Brady? Like, why is he still out there? What is he, what he has zero? How to about prove. Frank Gore, Everybody. Frank Frank Gore. It's a great point.
2: Tom Brady's amazing. He's like Nolan Ryan in a football helmet.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's better yeah. than Nolan Ryan comparatively. So comparatively, well, a, he, he never he's a better a quarterback a bird. than Nolan Ryan was a pitcher. That's what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, well, Nolan Ryan was one of the greats. And, he is. You know, Tom so, Brady. obviously, Yeah,
1: but is. but Tom Brady never killed a bird.
0: That was Randy Johnson. Yeah, but but Nolan Ryan Ryan never deflated (laughs) a baseball.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Uh, Here we go. Now we're
0: devolving. Let's just get back to the running backs.
1: No, wait, wait, wait. Real quick. And then with Peterson today, just last, uh, Chris Thompson's out. Capri Bibbs is also questionable. May not play. You know, I'm not really worried about Perrine coming in, stepping in. We should see Adrian Peterson full go all day, involved in the passing game, too. So you got to love him today. It's. Scott's top 12 or you know, outside of maybe having Connor just a little bit further down for me, his, his top 12 are, like, right there. The I, la- Capri Bibbs mean, really has the shoulder.
2: And, look, I don't know anything for sure, but it looking like he's going to play. And Capri Bibbs is a really, really sneaky play in PPR today because you're talking about a defense that gives up for 30 points to opposing running backs each week And he's very vulnerable in the passing game. Capri Bibbs, I I have him in some of my lineups, you know, because of bye weeks. And if Capri Bibbs doesn't play, they've activated Byron Marshall. That could be a very, very sneaky punt. You know, you're talking for daily because Adrian Peterson, never going to be involved in the passing game. It's just not who he is. They're going to have some running backs catching passes, especially with the depleted receiving crew. I love Capri Bibbs as a sneaky Fifty play today.
0: So uh, Peterson Seasonal only nine catches. DFS. Only nine catches through the seven games. See, he had a fifty-two yard catch. The, the so problem push there is numbers he, up. Go ahead.
1: Sorry, Mike. Um, the problem there is if he's got a shoulder injury and he's questionable to this point. How much is that shoulder injury going to affect his being able to catch the football? Is well, that
2: that's a thing we don't know. I understand every what player, you're trying to say. Every yeah. player has different pain tolerance. So you know, yeah, you, you have to give it, especially if a daily. You know, yeah, you have to give it a give it a gamble there.
0: It, it is a it is a risk. Yeah. So I, to Scott's point, he would be the pivot to Chris Thompson being out. He'd be the pivot yeah. in the passing game because they're not utilizing AP that way. So keep going. He had Tariq Cohen at number eleven, Phillip Lindsey at twelve. Lat Murray comes in at number thirteen. I have yeah, I'm using Lat Murray today, certainly in the lineups where I have him. Mark Ingram at number 14, a little bit of a tougher matchup. A note on Mark Ingram, he's only $5,000 on DraftKings. So I think the Daily Roto podcast would tell you that if you're going to use Ingram in a lineup, you maybe use him solo. You don't use them in a, st- a Saints or Rams stack, or rather, if you can use a Rams stack with Ingram coming back the other way, does that make sense? So you could have a Goff. Yeah, I, Woods, I, don't, I don't know about early Ingram. Ingram. I mean, well Ingram. Well
2: seventy-one percent of the snaps last week.
0: I get it. Yeah, maybe it. maybe you come yeah, back with it like Daily too.
2: what Daily Rota talks about. Come back with a receiver coming the other way. You use Smith. Traquan Smith. Yes, Traquon exactly. Smith
0: is a very popular. Yeah. Is becoming a more Highly owned uh, pivot in uh, tournaments this week. I think his uh, ownership could be around fifteen percent or so. Um, Lamar Miller at fifteen, on Johnson at sixteen. I had a lot of on Johnson questions this week. Uh, Kenyon Drake at seventeen, Isaiah Crowell at eighteen, Jordan Howard nineteen, Lashawn McCoy at twenty, Tevin Coleman, Sony Michelle, Jalen Rashard, Alex Collins fill out the RB twos. Jim, I'm going to throw Isaiah Crowell to you. At 18, Elijah McGuire looks to be back, but we obviously have no idea what his snap count will look like, nor do we have Crowell's because Elijah McGuire's back. But Trenton Cannon has really been nothing there. What do you think of Isaiah Crowell in this matchup? We do have to find out about this field condition now. That could actually impact it. But uh, thoughts in general about Isaiah Crowell?
1: Well, look, it's a perfect matchup for him. Uh, you know, Miami's defense has been terrible against the run all all year. Um, it, 31st over the last five weeks so they definitely get run on uh you know they've allowed 41 passes to running backs as well so that might play into mcguire's field here. Look, we, like you said, we have no idea what McGuire is going to see today, but they did like him preseason as being the guy uh, in in front of Bilal Powell. He had a full week of practice, so he might be ready to go. He, he, uh, talk about a guy who's a sneaky play in the DFS lineup. Uh, I think he is in, in a big GPP. He might be a guy that comes up with four or five catches in this game and, and gets you to that point where he's definitely returning value. But uh, Crowell, I I mean, I love this matchup for him. I I do, but it's so hard to know what you get out of him. He doesn't seem to be matchup-oriented. He goes up against great matchups, does nothing. He goes up against bad matchups and puts up monster numbers. There's no way to know. This should be a game where Crowell eats. I I just don't know if I can trust
0: him. I loved Isaiah Crowell going into the season. I I, I loved uh, (laughs) Isaiah Crowell coming into the season. And... Exactly to your point, I had him benched during that Denver game, so I had never known when to play the guy. And he's just sitting there, and I don't know what to do with him. We'll come back with hour number two on FST right after this.